Sessionable. Welcome everyone to Sessionable. Sessionable. Hey. Hi. We're, we're all a, here. A, a yeah. rare episode where all four of us all, are here. All five. All five of us are here. Or four and a half, really. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, welcome to Sessionable. Um, uh, we've got a just kind of a general uh, chit-chat episode, another one of them for you. We, you know, do them every so often. It's more um, just a chance for us to catch up. Yeah, pretty much. And bring yeah. some beers. I've seen Liam in yeah. like two months. Yeah, oh, well, you, you, I saw him three times last week, but you know. Yeah. You've been super busy, yeah. Liam. Yeah, it's been pretty hectic. Um, and we'll talk about what you've been doing yeah. a bit later on in the podcast, I think. Sounds good. Mm. Yeah. How about we start what, start off with some local stuff, though? Yeah. Uh, just a kind of call back to a previous episode with Sofa from Wildflower. Yeah, so I think it would be, what, two episodes from this one? Yeah. Um, when we sat down and had a chat where uh, Adrian and I had a chat with Tofa. Um, it's probably, well, I think that's, so far it's probably my favorite episode we've done. I, I really, really liked good. it. Uh, it was really good. Um, you know, I think Toph is someone that we all get along with really well and um, someone who un- understands the podcast and probably listens to it every now and again. So yeah. I thought it was an awesome episode, but um, greatest news saying that his first releases of beers are out and in the market. Yeah. And earlier this week, he um, launched with his am- the first blend of the Amber and the Golden. Um, and I'm pretty it's sure really good. Uh, I think his stock, his online stock's all gone. I think it, the um, gold definitely is. Like yeah. the, um, that sold out in the first day. The, yeah. That night, um, he said he had three bottles left. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think Amber was starting to run out, even yeah. though he had more stock of that. Um, I think Bucket Boys sold out all their stock on the first day. Yep, Oak Barrel sold out yep. their, their stock. Yep, so um, I know some stock went to Slow Beer in Melbourne as well. Yep. Um, but a few got some stock. He had a pretty, yeah, you, pretty good, good list. Um, good list. Yeah, and, and uh, the, the response from the... Uh, our friends down in Melbourne have been pretty positive. So I think for a, um, yeah, it's good. for a, a first release from a brewery of that style, I think it's probably some of the yeah. most accomplished beers. Yeah. Especially, think. yeah, for like a style of brewing that benefits from time and patience, that is only going to get better. And, and for, a, for, yeah, for a first release, that's that's a cracking start. I think, Adrian, yeah. I, I said to Topher on the day as well, as the beers tasting then from when we tried them, what, like a month ago? Yeah, yeah. Changed a lot They're as well. Improved, yeah. yeah, yeah, boats well. Um, I was really impressed with just how laid and complex the beers were. Yeah, oh, yes, he's, that done, was, a, he's done a good job. Was, uh, and it's only it's only only going to get up from yeah, here. Yeah, exactly. So, so um, I'm absolutely looking forward to seeing what uh, he's got in store for us. Um, um, on top of that, um, he did a launch event at Platinum Liquor, which uh, three of us went to, which was really cool. Um, I had a really good night. It was it was awesome. It was just literally yeah, Topher there yeah. with beers. It's very like um, casual shoot the shit type. Yeah. The yeah, world's nice. biggest charcuterie Tasting. board, and yeah. um, it was it was all good. It sounds good. Yeah, it was. I had a great time. Uh, it was really um, really good uh, group of people. It was probably about twenty people there, I reckon. Yeah, yeah. Um, for North Strathfield on a Wednesday or whatever it was, I That's think it's pretty good. Yeah. Thursday, it's a pretty pretty good effort. Um, Shout out to Adam for hosting that. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I had a really good time. It was yeah. really cool. Um, but yeah, so congratulations to Topher. He's been working away for a long time. I think a, long, a lot longer than anyone knows. Um, so yeah, well done. Uh, and his uh, next big step is he's got some licensing hurdles, I think, yeah. before he can open up the cellar door. Nothing too. Yeah, no, it sounded like sure. it was just a bit of a admin yeah. um, error um, and it just delayed the open of the... Yeah. No, uh, cellar door by a couple of months. I think he still needs is, to you know, build his cellar door anyway, so I don't yeah. think he's too stressed. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but um, I, yeah, yeah. I think so overall, a very complete package. The beers, the packaging. Oh, the packaging and the design is... is yeah, he's on yeah, point. He's, he's really nice. He's, I think, and his social media presence has been really good as yeah. well. 
So is there is there any draft stuff out at the moment? Or is no, it all, he's it's not all bad draft. No, no there's, draft ne- there's, never, there's never going to be draft. No. Okay, well, interesting. I'm not sure if it's never going to be draft, at, but even yeah, at the cellar stage, it's all, yeah, even it's at the cellar door, it's going to be all bottles. Yeah. So there's two beers out for market, and there's a third beer, which is probably my favourite, was the table beer, which is yeah, going to have just really the fucking good. He did bring that along yeah. to Platinum. Yeah, so we did taste that on yeah. the episode when we're talking about a beer that he's brewed on the episode. If you listen to it, that is the table beer. Yeah, yeah. And that was tasted really good, cool as well. Nice. All three beers are pretty different, and I think just over time, the especially the, the amber and the golden because they're designed to age will, will change a lot. Yeah, but yeah, really, I was really impressed. But um, that table beer is like I would just sweep that straight out of the bottle. Just yeah, go for it. Um, other local news, or oh, do you want to talk hyper local and talk about the beer that we're having in front of us? It's pretty local. It's very local. Yeah. Um, this is uh, this, I don't think we've ever done this, or oh, we've but we've had homebrews on the. We had a homebrew episode. Before. We did have an homebrew yeah. episode, but have we ever had one of ours? Uh, maybe one of mine. Yeah, I don't know, but that, um, that would have been a while ago. Yeah, haven't been um, for a while. But this is one of my homebrews. Uh, my recent one. It's um. So you're making sours? <laughs> no, I'm joking. Oh. <laughs> my heart just oh. like stopped for a second. Eyes cold. <laughs> I was like, what? Especially since I'm drinking out of the same bottle as you, and I was like. But I'm a bit. I've got a bit of a cold, so my palate's not there. How so much like, butterscotch did you add to the? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, this is actually really good too. <laughs> um, it's a citra hopped uh, saison, India saison. Um, and you based it off a brew by Numbers yeah. clone. So, oh, okay, yep, yeah, Sweet. brew by Numbers from yeah, awesome. um, from London. Yeah, uh, their, I think it's their. It might even be their 0101 or. Oh wow! Really? I don't know. Not not that like because because their numberings are style hop, isn't it or. Something like that. Oh, I should know this, but I don't. Style and variation. Yeah. So, like, if O1's India Saison, then O101 yeah. would be the first one of yeah. that, and the second one would be this. Okay. I, maybe it's not O101, yeah. but it's something. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's cool. uh, brewed by numbers. It's one of them more, one of them more pop- popular. Yeah. Uh, and I just so. thought I'd, I'd uh, me and my homebrew partner would uh, have a go at it. Brewed it on a grain father system, um, which cool. I can recommend wholeheartedly it's amazing they're fucking sick aren't yeah, they it's yeah. so much so much fun so much easy so much easier than any other kind of system you know it's got it's uh it's not it's not 100 perfect but it's a lot better than um sticking a giant pot on your stove and waiting for that to boil and mm. you know to get a bit nerdy with this what sort of what yeast are you using um i used y yeast 3711 that's a saison so, french, french saison mm-hmm. yeah um, which the, is, the, which is the cheetah's saison yeast. The what? The cheetah's saison yeast. Because it's so good. Yeah. Right? It's like so easy to use and like all the kind of brewers that like to brew saison go, you got to use Belgian man. It's like, because you got to work for it. I'm like, but yeah. Yeah, but the... eleven <laughs> eleven so easy. It's, and it's so good. It's yum. Uh, it fermented probably a bit hotter than what I would have liked to just because I made it right at the heat of summer. Yeah, but that's the beauty of that yeast yeah. is it that was... it, it's fine with warm temperatures. Oh, some nice, yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, I really like it. And then I, yeah, yeah dry hopped it. So I hopped it a bunch at the end of the whirlpool, and dry hopped it a bunch with citra. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm pretty happy with that. It's the first homebrew where I've I've already pretty much gone through my batch of it pretty quickly. Yeah. Did you brew it again? I'd pr- yeah, probably. Um, yeah. I'd probably tweak it a bit, but yeah, probably just add more hops. Not too much, but a bit more. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I agree. I think it's, I think it's yeah. awesome. Pretty accomplished. I'm impressed. Yeah. Looking forward to your New England IPA. <laughs> I mean, um, you know, jump on that bandwagon. Like, yeah, everyone, <laughs> everyone else is. Why? Why wouldn't I? Speaking of which, uh, Bucket Boys came out with a couple of beers recently. Yeah, actually, yeah, we should yeah. talk about that as well. Um, I haven't. I didn't. Haven't had the rice lager. The rice lager is really good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, I haven't tried the. Rice is it just like a classic style rice lager? Sriracha or? Ace, I believe. Okay. Yeah. But I think I'm making that up. I, yeah. I, 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 I was. I was in a hop, hop coma. 
by yeah. the that night. So yeah, um, but um, yeah, probably the the most traditional looking New England IPA I've seen in Australia. Yeah, and yeah. Sm- smelling great as well. Probably a bit too much high on the bitterness, and yeah, I think the boys they probably are, went yeah. a bit too overboard in the dry hopping. Yeah, I, I, I think they, they hopefully do it again because I think they already know what they want to change in it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was a big thing as well because they're brewing big, big batches now. Yeah. Um, so they brewed that out at Casey's, I think. Mm. Yeah. Um, and they canned the um the rice lager as well. Oh, did they? Nice. There were plans to can the New England, but um, they couldn't. Yeah. Okay. So there should be a lot of ke- a few kegs of that floating around. Yeah, so yeah. if you haven't tried it, um, you know, so the, the, it's, a, it's a good interpretation of the style. Yeah. Uh, yeah. One one of the best one one of the best interpretations I've had in Australia. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. I've been doing a bit of research. There's so something that's been intriguing me, and it's something that was a bit of a mantra on my trip, which we'll talk about later. Was everywhere I went, if they had a juicy style IPA, it was the first beer I had to have just to try them. And I had a, some, a lot of them. I had some really good ones. I had some really shit ones. And mm-hmm. um, that's definitely in the. In the, in the good range. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so I think if they could just dial up the juiciness yeah. a bit more and tone down the business, I think that's a crack and beer. Yeah, so, the, so the name of the um, New England is the it's the Bucket Boys and the hops were not boiled in their tanks, I think. In their kettles or in their tanks or something like yeah. that. Yeah, I can't remember. But yeah, yeah. long name. But um, good beer. So for those of you in Sydney, if it's around, I know um, they launched it at the Noble Hops for their... Yep. Um, they launched both beers at Noble Hops, and they were tasting both were tasting really good. I don't know. Bit a few had a keg or two, yeah, okay. as well. Um, I'm not sure if they still do though. Yeah. Um, so if you see it around, um, jump on it. It's a good beer, and like I think we're going to see more and more interpretations of the New England style here. Yeah. I was having a look. There's through like the... what seven at Gabs or whatever. Yeah, I was having a look <laughs> through the Gabs list, um, and although they don't give you the styles, I think there's about seven that I can tell from the names of the New England IPAs. <laughs> yeah. so that's going to be the trend this year. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's not surprising. Yeah. Um, well, who else? Uh, Hop Dogs did one not bef- yeah. about a month um, ago. I didn't get a chance New to try England that. New England Brewing Co. did one. Yeah, funny that. As um, you would expect. Mm-hmm. Which, was, which I, I liked yeah. that one, actually. Batch has yeah. been done. The Juicies. I know yeah. Brendan and Three Ravens has done one. Um, and their Flat Rock are releasing their one this week, which yeah, I'm really flat, keen to go try as well. Oh, cool, so, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, when's that? I think it's Thursday. Yeah, I can make that. Um, yeah. yeah. So sweet. I'm really keen to check that out. I'm not sure. I have to see what day it is if I'm free, but I am definitely want to try that beer. But yeah, so... What else has been going on? Um, the other thing, uh, other kind of local news, um, there's been a few uh, international breweries have, making big steps into Australia recently. Um, yeah, Goose Island yeah. recently released their first beer that they brewed locally, uh, which was the, uh, what's it called? Mayday? Mid- Midway. 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 IPA. IPA. Um, session IPA. I personally didn't like it. Interesting um, choice to go yeah. with a new, a new beer. It's, it's kind of weird Don't that, yeah. Don't you just straight up with the OG... The IPA, it, it does seem bizarre. Good, really. good. It's, a, yeah. it's a good. Like, have you guys had Gusal? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was one of the first good American style IPAs that was readily yeah. available in the supermarkets in the UK. So it was yeah, one, right. one that I loved back. And it's probably going back more 10, of like 12 a years ago. English style IPA than an American IPA, I'd say. Right? It uh, kind of toes the line. It's pretty malt driven, I guess. So, in, for, yeah. in, by today's standards, back then it was like nothing I'd, uh, ever, I'd yeah. ever had. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I guess I guess so. Looking at it now, but definitely, I think it's, it's got a place. I think people. I would think it's buy a it. pretty good entry beer into IPAs for the Australian market. To be honest, yeah. Um, yeah. say what you you know. I mean, I, I, people have opinions about you know their their ownership and their lineage and stuff like that. But um, I think it's it's a. I was I had the beer just yeah on my recent trip, and I was pretty impressed. I guess the question is, what market are they going after over here? Are they going after the the craft beer fraternity, or are they going after the James Squires market? You know, um, 
Yeah, that's a very good point. I mean, launching with a four point something percent session IPA that I found reasonably bland. You know, maybe they are going for that um, more mass market. Then just call it a pale ale, <laughs> right? No, because well, that, that's the, a different argument altogether. But yeah, I agree with you. Um, I, I think what what really intrigues me is um, for the last I think three or four years, CB have just had no idea what they're doing about craft beer. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, when you have your CEO, whoever it is, coming out a couple of years ago saying that you know craft beer would never make it to the mainstream, and that's the head of your company that has a craft beer arm, it's not boding well. Um, no. The whole mega conglomerate, AB InBev, um, has done really well for CUB, and they have access to brands like Goose Island. Mm. Um, they've been putting a lot of work in the back end. You know, they've hired a really big team of, I think they're calling them craft beer ambassadors. They're putting them all through Cicerone yep. training. Um, they're doing a lot of the right things, but we're yet to see. This is the first implementation, and I'm pretty interested to see how it goes yeah um, it's interesting it's, it's almost like they've kind of they've messed up their own brands now and now they're bringing in something from overseas to try and get a bit more credibility back again but like, like you say it's a strange decision to, to bring in that virtually unknown beer into the market first so I yeah could, i, I would see if they were launching yeah. several at once and then maybe that would have been one of them but yeah. to have that as the first run and not the the goose ipa is is, is a is a bizarre one to me i, I yeah. think that as well um at having the, a chat yeah. to a few of the people i believe that there's going to be a lot of bourbon county access available that's good to, you know so hopefully we yeah i think this is the this is the chance to to write a lot of stupid things they've done so i just hope that they can do it well yeah when, um, you, when you say access do you mean uh, imported bourbon county not yeah. bourbon county yeah. brewed yeah. here yeah, oh, they're, yeah, they're yeah. not gonna make it here no, they won't make that's what i was thinking yeah. Yeah, yeah um i think it's kind of uh, my guess and that's not from talking to anyone is their um system will be something like the Bro- brooklyn system where they'll brew key beers here and then import yeah. others and i think that's what we'll see but um you know they're in the states goose island has been releasing a lot of um bourbon county they've been holding back on they've been doing a lot of like multi-year flights at festivals and stuff like that so um if they've got all the toys in the army to play with they can do some really cool things so it'd be interesting to see how that plays out yeah i mean hopefully they kind of they they get the feedback from this launch event and decide to you know bring out big guns rather than and it is a soft launch. Like yeah, they have yeah. gone pretty timidly in it. Yeah, um, yeah. I haven't seen any. Have you guys seen any advertising or anything? No, like not, that? No, no, not absolutely. It was literally just a couple of craftier style mainstream venues. Yeah. No offense to anyone that um they've done it. And it was, all I saw was a couple of posts on Facebook. That was it. Yeah, and like the, so the, the beer it's, media. Yeah, it's soft launch. So um we'll see how they go. I think that's. I wouldn't really call that a launch. That's probably them just testing the market and just getting. A, it could just be a bit of a feedback. They just want to get some feedback and see where they're going. Possibly. But um, and almost a proof of concept as well, mm, right? Yeah, okay. I think a Gabs and Sydney Beer Week is um, when you'll probably see them start to flex their muscles a little bit. Um, we'll see how that goes. It'll be cool. Yeah. yeah. So the other the other brewery who are apparently making steps to opening a brewery out here, a, a Brewdog. Where are they going to do it? That's the no that's one the, knows. That's the first big question. Where I've heard rumors that the Cronus or Crones out of Germany who make really high-end brew houses have been out here visiting a couple of breweries and everyone's trying to figure out what they're doing out here. Yeah, who they're doing it for. Uh, Well, ideally, yeah, yeah, because you don't just come out to Australia from Germany for shits and giggles. You're out here because you're specking out a job. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And so thought is maybe if that's... um, I know they're in Sydney. They're probably in Melbourne as well. So I don't know. My gut would be Sydney or Melbourne would be the place to do it. I hear um, Marrickville needs a brewery. Yeah, yeah. really under, <laughs> under, yeah. under, yeah, big yeah. population, zero breweries. Or um, um, 
Um, the other place is um, Brookvale, maybe. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but realistically, where what, what's your where where would should Brewdog open? Oh, firstly, it's a, if it's going to be a big brew or brew pub, that's that's I, that's the, that's the yeah, that's the thing. Is it going to be a like a it, it would be a big production brewery, won't it? Yeah. Open brew so. dog. Yeah. 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 They will open brew pubs as well if they're moving here. Yeah, exactly. So well, they won't open brew pubs. They'll open pubs. Oh, they'll yeah, open pubs. Yeah, yeah. 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 I think that's yeah. been the biggest issue yeah. for them. Not like pubs. their mega expansions of, of their venues has not come over here because of a supply chain. Yeah. I, I, and so yeah. the first step is you put the brewery yeah. in and then you're going to need to move that beer. The best place to move that beer is your own venue. your own venue. Yep. Mm. So um, agreed. Because I, I, I don't know if I've shared this on the podcast, but I, um, when Adrian and I were at the Borefs Beer Festival mm. in um, uh, the Netherlands, yep. uh, James Watt was there, and I asked him, you know, when's the when's Brewdog, uh, when when's a Brewdog bar opening up in Australia? He says, oh, you know, it's too far to ship beer. I like how is- Australia's too far, but Hong Kong, Singapore, all yeah. these places aren't think, too far. I think, <laughs> yeah. I have I think, this I think, you said I think those places are cheap yeah. to ship beer to. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, so I think yeah, definitely opening up the brewery means that they can then control their own supply chain in Australia or well, and Asia as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. like, yeah. That's why it's a it's a good strategic spot. Um, so you'd probably I'd I'd actually say yeah, then Sydney is probably your better spot if you're looking at shipping. Yeah, more. if you're looking at regional, but yeah, regional Melbourne's hub. Melbourne's yeah. got a pretty big yeah. port as well. I'm kind of wondering yeah. though, like if it's just going to be Australia. Would you strategically place it in like Adelaide or something just to, to just to get that access to the West Coast as well as the East Coast? I don't think it really matters. I think, I think as you've said, it's likely to be a big production plant, so therefore you're not going to be rocking up at the door to be drinking the beer. So I don't think it really matters. You're going to get pretty decent distribution Australia wide, possibly into New Zealand as well. Yeah, they'll they'll, they'll do pretty quickly. They'll do a bar in both Melbourne and Sydney. I'd say yeah, Brisbane. I think oh, I think yeah. Brisbane and Adelaide. If I think it was they'll a brewery, brew, I'd, I'd put it in Brisbane personally. I think um, they'll, they'll be in all of the capitals. Yeah, um, pretty soon. I would have thought. And they like Starbucks. They pop up pretty quick. So. Yeah, yeah. So, so the, the question is, are we going to maybe they'll buy the Taff House? <laughs> oh, hey, uh, there's a thought. Actually, that's a good location for them. <laughs> that they, that could be a, for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for me. Yeah, for yeah. me, it is. It's a big venue. <laughs> they don't. They don't tend to do big venues. That's the only thing. They tend to go for small and oh. yeah. There was um the one in Brussels. Is, the one in Brussels is it huge. wasn't as big as Tap House, I don't think. Would but it, um, would have been close. Yeah, look, I, I mean, you know, it's been very much in vogue to to pay out Brewdog lately, and they've not always done the smartest things. I think their yeah. latest legal battles with, with was it Lone Wolf or something? The bar, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah it's yeah. fucking pretty stupid. And we covered that in the last. Episode. Did you? Oh, yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. All right, we'll leave that. But um, look, Brewdog makes good beer. Yeah, and I've. I've always been a massive fan of Brewdog. I stopped drinking Brewdogs in Australia because I just thought we were getting really shit Brewdogs for a long time. Yep. Yep. If I can get some fresh 5am Saint oh, coming out of here, mate, you got a you got a you got a fan of me. So yeah. Um, it's just 5am now, isn't it? I fucking hate that. Bring it back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, back regardless. Same. Yeah. Um, yeah, like fresh punk, fresh. Yeah. You know. Just fresh anything. Fresh well, this Brewdog. is a question. Is it is it likely to be a bit like the Goose uh, Goose Island where it's just their kind of real standard core range that they're going to be brewing out here? Or are we actually going to see some of the more interesting beers being brewed over here in Australia I think in Australia what you'll see too. is they'll be developing beers out here for the Australian market. You think? Yeah. I, I they'll they'll I have wanna... their cores, but then they'll have their their core range beers, and then they will have the chance to experiment, and they'll have the Australian breweries beers. Um, and I think it's just about how they implement it. I think probably Do you think the... they'll want to water down the, the brand like that, to have different beers in different markets in the world? Well, I would have... you travel for it, right? Yeah, but they... But, I mean, there's already... They already have so many beers that 
aren't in this market, right? They already have so many beers that aren't in in a lot of markets. Why not? Why not just have these are the this is the you know our head brewer in um, or our brewery team in, in Australia. This is what they've come up with. If it's super popular in Australia, maybe they'll rebrew it up there. But, but it's maybe, not, maybe you design it. My thought is you design some beers that are designed for the local market, but then you design some bigger beers which you can then import across the world. Kind of like you know, like the brewery has the brewery and the brewery terroir, which are two facilities and you know exactly on the label which facility you're getting the beers from yeah what if they brewed a giant imperial stat using australian native ingredients and they import that to the rest of the world because that's one thing you can have if you have six breweries brewing the same beers you can only cover the local market but if there's six breweries brew one beer that you can then send across the rest of the world then you can have australian brew dogs being imported to the us to the uk i don't know i guess yeah and i mean and what they're doing in the us is a sour program right yeah, in Columbus. So, so what I think if they're starting yeah. to give each of their facilities a bit of its own flavor, own flavor, mm. and then you can travel across the breadth of them. I mean, I'd be all for that. It'd be, it'd be great if there was some stuff that was unique to the to the local yeah. market. Sure, and um, I'll talk about that a bit later when we talk about my, my trip to the states about um, going to places that have multiple breweries and the growing pains out of that, and sitting at Stone Brewery in Richmond and going, oh, so which of the beers here are actually brewed at Richmond? Oh, yeah. one of the ten are actually brewed at this facility. Right. The rest of them are all from San Diego. What's go. the fucking point of having a brewery? Yeah. A brewery? Like, yeah. Well, this is so, it. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping it's not just going to be Dead Pony and uh, and Punk and that's it, um, and everything else uh, gets imported or we don't see it at all. I, I think Brewdog will go the other way. They're going to build a big fuck off brewery and they're going to make everything here. If that's the case, then I'm all for it. I think yeah. you know, if we can get lo- locally brewed Brewdog stuff, I think that that's can only be a good thing. Mm. Well, that's what that's what I would that's what I'd hope for. And yeah, if that's the case, haters can hate. I'm going to drink beer. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what are we drinking right now? Yeah, drinking oh, yeah. Sailor's, I don't know what it Sailor's is. Grave, uh, dry hopped raspberry and elderflower grisette. Yeah, it's interesting. From a can. Mm. And quite a pretty can as well. Yeah. It's very can, can. Very, very yeah nice, the cans have been pretty good. Yeah. I like it. It's really nice. It's light, it's, it's fruity. It's refreshing. It's, yeah. Yeah. it's very inoffensive. It's, it's mm. not, and it's not a bad grisette either. It's a bit of like a, a, is it a grisette aspect yeah. to yeah. it. Not as in like a cooked corn, but like a, yeah, be interested to see what the malt bill is. It's really nice. Mm. I mean, there's more. I mean, just touching to expand on about other breweries coming out to Australia. We talked about Goose Island. We talked about um, Brewdog. Um, Lagunitas have made, made announcements that they're going to come out here. They yep. don't quite know how, but they said they're going to come out here. Um, Didn't they try that a couple of years ago, or they started to get supply into There Melbourne? was a trickle of stock coming in. I remember seeing it around I a, think a that good was beer week. For the Heineken yeah buy out well yeah. not buy out but the highness i think it's a 40 60 yeah. partnership or something like that um so basically um yeah i think parlay at one stage yeah. back announced they were for one of the good beer weeks they did get some stock out and i was seeing some stock around sydney as well like oh, really? there was a bit of a little something something a little ipa yeah. around um but yeah there was a little bit but not a lot it wasn't like someone's really like we're going out here but um part of the whole thing of them selling or partnering with Heineken is because they want to get global. global. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, had, I had a chance to go visit the Lagunitas <laughs> facility in Petaluma and it's, it's a fucking mind blowing. It's a cool yeah. place. It's a really yeah. cool place. Yeah. And I, I mean, again, say what you say about ownership and that stuff, but dude, they were doing some rad stuff. They had some awesome beers and it is a huge brewery. Um, I had a great time there. Yeah, I think, and they've basically said, look, we're coming out here. They've said, how are you going to do it? Well, we'll figure that out. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. But um, they've, I mean, for them, it's probably the same thing. Do they start up a brewery here? Do they, yeah. um, how do they want to do it? But um, that's pretty cool because, like, fresh, fresh Lagunitas would be pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
an interesting thing over there, like sitting at the spending half a day at Luganitas and the amount of people coming into that venue. There's some diehard Luganitas fans who don't yeah. really give two shits about the fact that it's partially owned by yeah. Heineken. They're yeah, just sure. like, you know what? There's and like there was nothing that I saw that said that they were doing anything any differently. Um, and they had some pretty full on beers. So yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. We'll see. It's, is it is this the model of the future? I don't know. I think I think it probably is. I think it, it seems to work better than the the stone model of brewing and, and shipping straight out here, trying to get stuff out here fresh, mm. and the expense that's associated with that. You know, some of the cost of some of the beers that were were being imported from stone were yeah, a bit. I don't, and I don't think it's been working either for stone because you know the, that that first bunch of beers they air freighted and then everything else has been shipped no and they only air freighted the um enjoy oh yeah yeah. So, yeah so yeah. that, that enjoy buy was yeah. air freighted yeah and everything else has been shipped and you know if you ship a beer it's still gonna take x amount of time to get here no i think that first couple of shipments because i was still working at camperdown and i got beers from those first two or three shipments yeah were spectacular um i think the beers are always coming over fresh but then as it just sits there well, you know, it was the same thing. I ordered 10 of everything off that first list. Yeah. And I knew that I was going to do that first time and I was never going to do that again because... Yeah. 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 And the issue is it's the consumers here. It's the whole yeah. untapped, I've checked it in, I don't need to buy that anymore thing. And people fucking whinged and bitched and moaned about the fact they couldn't get stone here legit and then they didn't support it by buying it when it was here. Yeah. And then it's the same thing when it's over and over again. So I think this model of actually setting up here probably works well because it gives the brand a bit yeah. more of an identity yeah, there's works, people works here telling the, the story yeah. i think and that's what we're i think that's the lessons that's been learned now from all these you know all these other breweries that have come out here and brewdog and and stone are probably probably the two of the biggest examples of that of unless people part of it's the the brand and the story right and if you can't you can't get that across by setting over a couple of metal signs that you can stick onto a, a pub yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I, I agree with that to an extent. I think, yeah, um, having that identity locally will, will definitely help. But what does it mean for the, the local guys here at the moment? You know, is it is this a good thing that they're going to be able to go toe-to-toe with some of the biggest brands across the world? I think it'll definitely drive some competition with some of the brewers. I think... Um, s- some of the other brewers might not pay attention to it. You know, s- some might suffer from it. I think it's going to be overall better for the industry. Yep. There are people are going to businesses are going to go out of business. Breweries are going to close, but then there's some breweries who aren't making great beer and they're still getting a lot of sales. And I think by having these big boys out here, it's going to lift the standard. Yep. And there's going to be people who can who can keep up with that, and there's going to be ones who can't. And that's sort of and people you know talk about the bubble or whatever. It is. I don't think it's about the bubble. It's going to be consumers are getting smarter and smarter every day and learning more about what's a good beer and what's a, a shit beer. Sure. And I think. That's going to drive it. It's going to bring up the standard of quality of beers. Um, you know, there's a lot of good things. I think a lot of these big breweries are going to be quite inclusive. They should be quite inclusive. And so if it has more access to equipment and labs and stuff like that for other breweries, um, yep. yeah, I th- you know, I think it's people are going to lose out, but I think overall it's going to be better for the industry. Yeah, um, I just wanted to circle back uh, to when we were talking about Stone especially. Did you guys see... Uh, I think Glenn Humphrey's article in the last week or two. Um, yeah, about expiry about dates. Expiry yeah, dates. Yeah. yeah, 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 it did um, that. And I think that, that ties back into the whole, you know, why it's a good idea to have your own brewery in Australia. Um, so the the controversy 
that was going on with this is... I don't think it's a controversy it's got, but, well, at all. What, what Glenn it's... was pointing out, I guess, is that um, I think he called out Sierra Nevada and Stone specifically, mm-hmm. and they say on their website and in the States, uh, they say that their best before is 90 days. Um, and that's and, and after that, they're not happy with the freshness. Yet the shelf dates in Australia... Uh, Nine months to a year. Yeah, uh, and, and I think... Glenn was just pointing out the kind of... There's a little bit of hypocrisy in that. I um, think, but there's also... You've also got to be a realist about the market. I think um, the same people who were bitching and moaning about not being able to get stone beer and then didn't buy the beer when it came out here after two months are the same... A lot of the same people carrying this conversation. They're not saying Glenn's one of them, but it's like it's if you want these beers out here, yep. these are the type of things that you need to take into consideration. Mm-hmm. Um it takes a long time for beer to come out here. Um, yeah. Dan Murphy's won't stock a beer unless it's got a minimum yep. of nine months on it. And that's a, a pretty leading thing for that. I disagree in the case of Stone where they make such a big vitriol about it and then do this without then saying anything. Yeah. Um, and then only when they get caught out go, oh, well, this is necessities we have to do. That's probably a conversation they could have had at yeah. the very start. Um, I think Stone make their packaged beers are some of the, some of the most shelf-stable beers in the world. Uh, sorry, not Stone, Sierra Nevada. Sierra, yeah, oh, Sierra Nevada, yeah. Sierra Nevada's Packers beers, like, they have done some serious work and their beers are very shelf-stable. So, uh, I think it's two different things. And, yeah. um, it's a lot easier to say we've got 90 days when you can get your beers to customers and in, into their hands in 90 days when you have to ship it across the world. Exactly. Yeah. Um, no, absolutely. And no, so, there, yeah. is, um, there is a bit of that marketing bullshit from Stone. Um, and I guess Sierra Nevada the same way as well, a bit to a lesser extent. But then... Um, and there's actually been some really good conversation coming out of that. And I thought though his article and Luke's article article were a bit one sided. Um, and I'd probably be, I think Luke had contacted Johnny from experience yeah. and stuff oh, like I that. Think Johnny um, commented on Glenn's post yeah. as well. But um, there was actually I think Andy as well commented about um, the want to move away from expiry dates into package dates yeah. and letting consumers decide. Uh, the problem is I don't think I, all our consumers are smart enough to make that decision. I still see on CBC people, go, oh, i got a six-pack of Sculpin from Dan's and the, and the discount bin for four bucks. This beer is shit. I don't know what everyone's hyping on about. So there is still that yeah. educational aspect there. Um, yeah, I think if you want those beers to come out here, this is the, some of the sacrifices as a consumer and as a market we need to make. Um, probably they could educate us a bit better or just be a bit more open about that. But um same time... If you want to bitch and moan about it, go out and buy them so they can turn over quicker. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, like, exactly. yeah. yeah absolutely. <laughs> because they do come into the country in a very good state. And we've like I've seen them when the stones first come in. Yeah. When you get a fresh shipment of Sierra Nevada, you don't notice it as much. But those first two shipments of stone and like because we literally sold out our stock within three days of getting them yeah. in. Everyone, everyone wanted them. Everyone. <sighs> yeah, and they were tasting amazing. Yeah, they were great. Um, so they come to the country in a great state. But if no one buys them and they sit on the shelves of the stores or whatever. There are some other stuff with Stone because they made all those venues sign those contracts that they, would sell, they wouldn't sell out of that stock and you know they would get returned back with fresh stock and I don't think that's happening. And I, you do see a lot of expired Stone stock on yeah. the shelves. So maybe they need to actually put their money where their mouth is a little bit yeah. with that as well. Yep. Yeah. I think they're not because they're probably no, nowhere near as moving as much stock as they were expecting. Yeah. But yeah. Um, should we take a break? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Sessionable. Hey everyone, it's Adrian here. This episode of Sessionable is brought to you by Dave's Travel and Events Group, who run Dave's Brewery Tours in Sydney, Canberra, and now the Hunter Region in Newcastle. They also run Dave's Pub Walks, who do 
historical pub tours of The Rocks, Balmain and Sydney City. And, you know, it's a, it's a very exciting time for Australian beer right now. And uh, Dave's is helping showcase all that. If you take one of their tours, you'll get to see all the local breweries, drink their beer, have a bit of fun, and basically support the local industry. And it's a, it's a, it's a great activity. And if you have friends visiting and you want to show them a unique way to experience the area, take them on the tour and they'll get to see places that most locals don't even know about. And they'll have a beer while, while doing it, which is always a plus. And, you know, if you want to go for the more traditional kind of walking tour, Dave's Pub Walks is perfect for that because you get to see the historical parts of the city while also enjoying a good beer. And if you're a, if you're a local hardcore beer nerd, there's still so much to learn about all these local breweries. And going on a Dave's Brewery tour is great for that. And not only will you taste the good beer that you're used to tasting, you'll also get to meet the great people behind behind those great beers. So do check out Dave's Travel and Events Group at daves.com.au. There's links to all their tours and walks from there. And by supporting them, you'll be supporting the local beer scene. So everyone wins. And now back to the show. Uh, Liam, you, as we I think we hinted at at the start of the podcast... I've just come back from quite a long trip. I did, yeah. Um, it sounded pretty boring, though, to be honest. It sucked. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, no, it was fucking awesome. Yeah. It was really cool. Um, I was away for 21, 22 days. Ooh, sweet. Yeah. Uh, I was in the States. Um, it's 22 days of constant barbecue and hectic beers. Sounds awful. Yeah, it sucked. No, it was really cool. Yeah, um, yeah it was great. Um, so, went over for work for a... <laughs> for work conference <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was for work so i went over to a conference which was in Asheville in north carolina um which has been voted apparently beer city usa for the last couple of years you hear that title being thrown around a fair bit um but yeah so it was a beer marketing and tourism conference which was really cool it was the first one they did um i did a presentation at a conference which was very serious oh wow Ooh. yeah what'd you talk about I did a held a session on helping breweries find the right brewery tour partners to work with, which was uh, which was pretty, pretty cool. easy, right? You go to Days Brewery Tours. Oh, you. Unfortunately, um, uh, not everyone in the world has a Days Brewery Tours right next to them. They can, uh, yeah. Did you run a How to Be a Mister Craft Beer workshop? <laughs> <laughs> it was it was pretty funny actually because. Um, the session that I did was being panelled by one person. There was me and another brewery tour operator, um, and this guy called Mark. And he's he's based out of Bend in Oregon, but has brewery tours across a few places in the states. Um, so, like in the like the months leading up to, we had to like do all this email communication to put this whole session together. Um, and I knew from day one that I was going to get on with this guy because the very first email he sent me, he was busting my balls because um, <laughs> it was like, all right, so, you know, do you want to just put through a quick introduction together so we can, so you can, everyone can say who they are. And I had to write this bio for our website or something else I was doing. So I just, I, I've written all this already. I just sent it to him. And his first thing was like, that's great, Liam. I think we're after like a couple of lines, but it's great to see you've written the first chapter of your novel. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, he and I got along very well. So yeah. Um, <laughs> And he was like, he has a southern accent, but he lives in Bend. So his accent is so nice that you don't know he's giving you shit till about halfway through the sentence. And you're like, ah, oh, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> and the conference was insane, man. It was just um, three or four days of hanging out with the beer industry, really. 
It was really cool. So yeah, hanging out with a whole bunch of other tour operators who run brewery tours across uh, states. Hanging out in the lobbies of hotels and having seven-hour bottle shares. Yeah, and just being in Asheville altogether. Asheville as a city um, really blew me away. Yeah. Uh, such a condensed area. Imagine if Marrickville was a city, and that's pretty much what Asheville is. So um, I brought a beer along that was one of my favorite beers from the trip from um, breweries called Wicked Weed. Um, and they have two facilities... Two venues, and one of them's their Funkatorium, which is where this is from, which is their all... What a great name. All uh, sours and yeah. barrel ferments and whatnot. Um, and the reason I bought this beer is because it's something... Wicked Weed's not one of the ones you hear of when you talk about these American sour beers and all this, however you want to call it, but um, they're just building a new facility, which I believe is going to be the biggest or second largest barrel facility in the whole of the US. So yeah, wow. I think this is something that all the beer nerds in the States are going to slowly start to see and come across. Um they actually had a release day for the day after I left. And they basically, the last night we were there, like, can you guys really just go? Because we closed an hour ago, but like, we're going to have the people start lighting up in about two hours for the release <laughs> in the morning. So wow. we just want to get the fuck out of here. So, um, so yeah. So, and I met a few people that night um, who had been traveling all across the States and were staying overnight just to go get some bottles from these guys. So I think you're going to start seeing all the USB nerds start talking about Wicked Weed a lot more. Cause I think they're going to make a massive ramp up. Um, they had another restaurant and brewery as well, which is really cool. Um, but their their Funkatorium beers really blew me away. Um, so the one that I brought with us that we're drinking now is called the Aisha. I'm just going to read off the bottle here. It's, uh, it's barrel-aged American sour with green tea, uh, oolong tea, and jasmine. And I had this with dinner um, with a bison burger, which was very nice. Yeah, nice. Yeah, It's a beautiful beer. Mm. It really is. Yeah, it is. It's, it's Yeah, I dig it. Really tasty. Mm. So they had a, probably about 20 or 30 beers available at the Funkatorium, some in bottles. Um, they served all the bottle beers in baskets. Um, yeah, I had tap beer as well, but um, yeah, really cool stuff. Um, some of them were a bit young, but um, this was definitely one of my favourites. The flavour just stays on the palate for so long. It just mm. remains and persists and tails on and on and on. It's beautiful. Love it. It's not super sour either. It's, no, you know, it's, it's definitely sour, but there's a lot going on there. Yeah, so I got to do a tour of their um, barrel room as well, which is really, really interesting. It was really cool. Um, and you can book like a special VIP table out in the barrel room, and you basically get this special list of private release beers you can order off. Uh, while yeah, you have I'll be and stuff doing like that. that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's cool. <laughs> um, wow. But yeah, so Asheville in general was just insane. Um, literally, I think well, I was one day I was sitting at the Funkatorium at this venue having a beer and across the road I could see Twin Leaf Brewing and I could smell beer being brewed and I had to walk to four other breweries within that same block to find out which was the brewery actually brewing beer. <laughs> but in five minutes I walked past like six breweries. That's um, ridiculous. So yeah, it was the insane. I think I didn't get to see all of Asheville because we were there doing the conference during the day. We only had really one day to go out and explore. Besides that, it was just like every night we're going out for dinner. But um, North Carolina is um, one of the meccas of uh, American barbecue food as well. So had some amazing barbecue. Um, went to a barbecue place called Buxton Hall, which had, I think, a brewery on either side of it, if I remember correctly. And they just do whole hog and have one pig per day. And it gives you the name of the pig, the details of the pig, huh. where the pig was grown. And then they all their vegetables they cook underneath the pig. So, <laughs> so it all has the runoff of all the fat yeah, of the pig. Yum. So that was um, really cool. But... Um, <coughs> Yeah, just an amazing lineup of, of breweries and identities, and the city is just doing some amazing stuff as well to actually support them, which is pretty mind blowing. Yeah. Um, also, Asheville is where Sierra Nevada's second facility is, right? Which is where New Belgium's second facility is, or one of their extra yeah, facilities. Wow. 
Um, Oscar Blues have just built a brewery out there, and the government's actually been giving these guys a lot of stuff to make them do that. Um, went to the New Belgium facility and did a tour there, which is really amazing. But um, going to Sierra Nevada, which was mind blowing. It's like a, it's a kids, it's an adults theme park basically. Yeah. Um, it's literally like Willy Wonka for adults. Um, uh, I've got some photos which I can put up in some show notes, which is like full copper tanks. Um, and they do like a self-guided tour. So the way they designed the brewery, you can just walk around the whole brewery by yourself and then just have experts at certain key points so you can see and ask them what, what's going on. Right. But um, like their hop room. So basically they have like, they're using whole, whole houses and have bales. I think it's probably about, I'm not sure how big a bale is, but it's about the size of you, Brad. And it's like, imagine you, but a fridge is a bale. Um, and they had I think eight bales open that day. So that's how much, so, so I think they're about 100 or 200, 300 kilos of bale. And that's what they're going yeah. through that day. Um, eight breads. Eight, <laughs> eight, eight, eight bales are the height of bread, not the size of bread. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, and just the smell coming out of those places, which is pretty insane. And then you open this backyard and there's this lawn where there's a stage and yeah. Yeah, wow. It's pretty mind-blowing. And then the whole thing is like in this cut out of, a for, of, a, of the woodlands and you're driving in the traffic signs are branded Sierra Nevada and then the same font as Sierra Nevada and the whole thing is just a brand exercise it's insane wow but um pretty pretty mind-blowing so it was really cool to see inflammation of big boys coming into these small towns because on top of those like it's a really big brewing community town and it'll be interesting to see how like we're talking about with you know with Brewdog and and these guys coming over here is um they actually get along really well with the rest of the beer community. Yeah, I was going to say, is there an advantage yeah. to them all being together like that? Do they do they benefit from economies of scale by, you know, sharing raw ingredients? I, th- I think. Well, the biggest one of the weirdest things I've noticed over there is um, the way people treat grain. Um, most breweries have silos, and yeah. they're not actually getting sacks of grain. They're actually just getting piped into silos okay. outside the building. Yeah. And even breweries on a scale of size that we're seeing here in Australia are doing that. So they treat grain a bit differently, but. Um, but just apparently when Sierra Nevada came in, they actually went and spent months going around the whole town visiting all the breweries opening, going, hey, do you guys mind if we come into town? Oh, okay. And um, apparently they've done a lot. They've invested in a lot to their version, their local guilds, so basically their local CBIA. And Sierra Nevada have openly said, we want to fund a lot of that and help you guys a lot. So, so they have a really good relationship with the rest of the breweries in the town. That's cool. And I didn't really meet anyone who was willing to tell me that they all didn't want them to be there. So. Yeah. Yeah, so it was pretty interesting. So I think they've done it the right way. So I think there's a lot of lessons that the guys come over here can learn from that. But yeah. um, I think everyone else over there seemed to think it was an advantage having Sierra Nevada in town. So yeah, yeah, yeah. interesting. Well, you t- certainly paint a good picture of Ashfield. My uh, mum and dad lived Asheville. in Asheville. Yeah. Asheville. 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 Yeah. yeah. My mum and dad lived in North Carolina for three years before I was born, and I'm now kind of regretting the fact that they moved away. I think <laughs> back then it would have <laughs> would have been a pretty different. I think Asheville is a bit of a, a separate thing from the rest of North Carolina. I think North Carolina in whole is pretty bunkin yeah. for the town, but Asheville itself is very um, liberal and... Interesting. Yeah. Kind of like Austin and Texas. Yeah. yeah. I think Austin, Portland, and Asheville are very much all yeah, yeah. in that yeah. same thing. Because, I mean, Oregon's a pretty bogan, bogan redneck place. Yep. Sorry to our listeners in Oregon. <laughs> yeah, all, all of them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, look, I got to hang out with a heaps of really cool people, and it was... Um, awesome time, learnt a lot. Um, but yeah, just the city of Asheville is something. I think anyone who wants who's going to the states, if you're looking for something different, and everyone's done the West Coast and all that stuff, and there's so much more going on. Yeah. And this is a place that I didn't really know a lot about going into, but um, yeah, and just seeing the way the city is involved, like um, 
It's another brewery we went to called Wedge Brewing. It had two facilities, and they're in an old like industrial area. It looked like it would have been like an old timber mill part of town because apparently that's what they did a lot there down the river. Um, and the government has basically bought this old industrial area and given it to venues. So they basically put a barbecue point place called Twelve Bones, which is uh, a ribs barbecue point, which was very good. And then this brewery right next door, and they basically opened up this an arts district out of an old industrial area. Okay. So it's really cool to see how yeah. a government can get behind instead of trying to stifle yep. their beer industry. Yeah. Um, yeah, sitting at this conference and hearing, you know, the Santa Rosa Brewers or Tourism Board saying that their winery is complaining that the beers are getting too much attention, mm. um, <laughs> you know, things like that. So, yeah, um, so it's pretty pretty mind-blowing. And it just shows you how backwards our government is here is, but I think we're on the mend of getting that. And there's some good groundswell, and that's slowly but surely, I think we're fixing a lot of those issues. So, yeah. Yeah, cool. Was there a good bar scene there as well, or was it all just around the breweries and the barbecue, um, barbecue joints? I didn't go to a lot of bars because I was missing a lot of breweries. Um, I think there's like a pretty decent like bourbon scene there as yeah, well, because it's pretty, yeah. pretty close to where the bourbon region is. Um, yeah, I, I actually, um, I was hanging out with one, a few of the local guys in the beer industry there, and one of them was telling me a story about a, a really famous moonshiner in the area who was making moonshine, and that's where everyone used to buy their moonshine from. And he was like, oh, see, so like, and he's like, this guy just passed away. I was like, oh, so when did this guy, like, when was he making moonshine? So he was like, up until like two years ago, apparently the, the feds <laughs> were trying to crack him down. But this guy, up until like a matter of years ago, was making moonshine up in the hills that everyone hmm. in Asheville used to drink. Pretty and cool. everyone I spoke to was like, oh, yeah, you know, you talk about that guy. Yeah, yeah, his moonshine was sick. So um, <laughs> so there is a, yeah, I think there is a real foodie scene and, and bar scene over there. But um, I was very much entrenched in the in the beers. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. cool. What do you guys think of the beer? Uh, yeah, it's, yeah. It's really good. Yeah. Really, really love good. It. Absolutely love it. I want more. But we're not likely to get it. No, there's no more. Sorry. <laughs> I do have a couple other um, Wicked Weed beers that I brought home. So, Sick. But yeah, so I'll, next I'll... episode. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'll, I might have one more that we can we can drink. Should we get on to some recommendations? Yep. Um... Do you have any, Brad? Uh, <laughs> yes. You want to start then? Well, it's it's a non-beer recommendation, but it's also yeah. a beer recommendation Go for at the same first. time. Sure. Um, go to Maui. Yeah. Yeah, I went to Hawaii, um, God, it's a while ago now, six weeks ago or more, <laughs> and I spent... Um, Ages ago. I spent five or six nights on the island of Maui before going to um, Oahu and Waikiki. Yeah, cool. Um, Maui and Waikiki couldn't have been more different from each other, chalk mm. and cheese, um, but there was just a great vibe on the island of Maui. Um, beautiful scenery, um, really nice, friendly people, and a pretty decent bar scene as well i mean there's not loads of them but if you know where you're looking then there's some really cool laid-back bars and they've got a really weird thing about spam as well they eat a lot of spam and rice yeah it's an islander thing yeah, yeah. when i yeah. used to live in the tropics like Papua New Guinea, something like that was a big thing there as yeah. well tin fish and spam <coughs> yeah. but yeah some of the beers were great um some good breweries i mean the and the maui facility um maui brewing facility is pretty impressive as well it's a big a big place. So I've only ever had their coconut porter. What what else did they have? Well, they had an imperial coconut porter on when I was there. <laughs> hey. and, and that was pretty spectacular. They had 30 lines in their, in their brewery tap. Yeah. Um, and their beers were quite readily available at some of the bars across the, uh, the island as well. I went to another brewery as well, and I've forgotten the name of it. And I'm kicking myself for forgetting the name of it. But yeah, there's, there's other stuff on the island as well that's pretty good as well. Um, quite young compared to the Maui Brewing Company. Um, but yeah, if you look hard enough, then there's there's some good stuff there. 
Um, I guess we're going non-beer still. Yeah, still non-beer. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going to recommend... I, I just started watching it and Tom recommended it to me. It's a, it's a YouTube show called Monster Factory. And so these guys basically go and uh, play video games and try to make the ugliest character possible <laughs> using their character creator. <laughs> and then they, then they unleash that monster yeah. into, into the, the world, world of, the, of the game. <laughs> It's pretty funny. Yeah, it's and like the first, the first episode is just insanely like I was like dying of laughter. That the, um, it was the Dark, Dark Souls. Souls. Yeah, that yeah, was so good. Yeah, I can't believe someone makes a living out of doing that. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's called Monster Factory. It's on um, it's on the Polygon channel on YouTube. I have to check that out. That yeah. sounds really funny. It's really funny. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, um, oh, so I'm going to recommend. Um, it's a bit of a random. What? Well, it's a loose thing. Um, do you guys listen to or read anything from Good Bee Hunting? Yeah, I, I read them you... every so often. Yeah. No. no. Um, so Luke from Ella Times now yeah. a reporter for one of their contributors, and he's wrote and wrote uh, his first article. But he's now contributing to Good Bee Hunting, which is an American thing. But he wrote a really cool piece on um, Mountain Goat. Okay. And um, I was just listening to their one of their podcasts on the way over here, and. They're sort of rounding up between all their contributors and Luke was on it. And it was just really cool to see American people actually showing an interest in the beer scene that's over here. So my recommendation is read, listen, just get in some of the stuff that Luke's doing for Good Bee Hunting. So it's actually, I was really impressed. Yeah, nice. Yeah, cool. cool. Um, my one is, um, I just got a Nintendo Switch and... Uh, a what? Nintendo Switch. It's a game console. Okay. Um, <laughs> Keeping with it, Brad. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I've been playing a lot of Zelda Breath of the Wild, um, which is incredible. So um, it's just... Uh, is it, that a recommendation or is that just you just showing off? It's a bit of both. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of... I, I, Tom brought it to a beer festival. We went to down in Wollongong. Well. And that's right, leave I, it in there. It's fine. I played a few minutes of it and I was like immediately <laughs> sold. Like, is it good? Yeah, I, I want yeah. a Switch now. It's, um, it's uh, Zelda... Obviously, uh, so it, it follows along kind of the, the classic tropes and themes of Zelda that you'd be used to if you've ever played any Zelda game before, except that it's also this huge open world, uh, and it's open world in the way that I've never played an open world game. Uh, often in open world games, um, they say you can go anywhere, do anything, but then you come up against these limits of the system, and in this one, there are less of those limits, or you don't feel them as much, so the game feels more open, um, and you can do some really crazy stuff. Um, cool. Yeah. So I'm. Uh, that's uh, that's my non-beer. Awesome. Uh, round of beers, Brad. Yeah. Um, my beer recommendation is uh, the Hop Federation uh, Green Limousine. Um, yeah. Okay. I managed to have it at the Forest Lodge Hotel last night. In fact, um, and it was uh, the proprietor or the the cellar manager of the Forest Lodge Hotel went on a uh, trip around New Zealand recently uh, with his brother, and they went and stopped at a few breweries. This was one of the ones that impressed them the most, um, Hop Federation. So if you see their stuff, then uh, yeah, grab it. So it was a very nice uh, hmm. cool. ki- grapey kiwi hopped IPA, and it hit all the right notes for me. Um, I also have a New Zealand recommendation. Uh, currently now available in cans, the Eight Wide Cucumber Hippie Valina. Yeah, nice. It's tasting fucking awesome. Um, I saw that the Forest I haven't Lodge tried that yet. Tap, yeah. um, Forest Lodge oh. on tap today. Uh, yeah. For, for Anzac Day. Yes, he does yeah. too. I think it's better than the regular Hippie Berliner. I'm not sure if he rebrewed after Gabs, but the Cucumber one's just the next level up if you like Cucumber, uh, which I do. I've been, yeah, I've been wanting to try that beer for ages. Yeah. Um, 
Well, I don't know. Um, I just struggled to think of something because I just don't want to be that wanker and just name off all the beers I had in the States. But, um, <laughs> just do it. No, nah, but I'm actually, I just realized um, a beer that I had at the Forest Lodge. So there's a Mountain Goat Barrel Breed Plum Sour, um, which is a bottle that we had the other night, um, which is fucking amazing. Yeah. Um, so it's a Mountain Goat Plum Sour aged in Lark Whiskey Barrels. Wow. Um, that does sound amazing. It's really, really good. Um uh, yeah, I think I've been really impressed with what Mountain Goat's been putting out in the last year, or even post-buyout, I guess. But, yeah. Um, Are you surprised? No, I'm just really <laughs> impressed. I, I think it's great. And I think all the doomsdays who say that all these beers are, are now ex- instantly shit, um, have, have a try that beer. I think it's pretty well-priced as well. It was a 750ml bottle. Yeah. I think it's around the 35 bucks. That's, That's what, what I've, I've heard. Bargain. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Just grab it. It's really good. Yeah, really impressed. Okay. All right, now I've got to think because you pinch my beer, uh, but also like I don't want to be that guy who recommends stuff we've already talked about in the episode as well. So like the um, uh, wildflower seems a bit redundant. Um, oh, it's good beer. Go for it. Um, yeah, or my homebrew. Uh, <laughs> Have you tried my homebrew? <laughs> um, yeah, where can you find that, Tom? <laughs> uh, there's like, I think I've got four bottles left at home. So um, um, I think we've probably recommended this previous batch of this before, um, but it the current version that's out is tasting phenomenal and it's the four pines fresh in season ipa yeah i agree um that is i think uh, adrian and i were down in wollongong uh the other weekend for a beer festival and four pines had that on their stall and it was just delicious it was it was fresh as um and they're gonna start to can it yeah that's great nice. news yeah. that's really good news i'm really excited about that actually um so i was uh, i was really digging that so that's that's my beer recommendation yeah excellent. nice one yeah. They, they had it at the uh at the new um, bar below the brewery tap in Manly as well. What's it called? Below? No, it's... Uh, something. Uh, what is it called? Underground? Something? It's called Keller Door, I think. It's called the Keller Door. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. It yeah. was It was called the Underground and then they changed it, I think. The yeah. Keller Door's a good name for a, for a Four Pines bar. Yeah. Well, because that's and a shout, a shout out to the bar as well. I don't know if you've been. Have you been to the the, the new bar? I've only went, last time I went. They were like, "Oh yeah. no, you got to go upstairs," and I'm like, oh, "Okay." Oh really? I oh, know. Yeah. I, I liked it down day, there. Though. It was good. Good vibe down there, and yeah, just a little bit different. I thought it was quite nice. Yeah, I was reading like it's all so that they kind of opened it up late last year, and then they kind of changed the concept oh, okay. recently because it was going to be a restaurant, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's or... as I think it still is. Okay. They're open now, for breakfast before. Yeah. I'm not sure about now. Okay. Yeah. Now all the beer, uh, the only beers you can get there are Kellador releases. Yeah. So there's like oh, eight, there's like eight Kellador yeah. beers and nothing nice. else. Yeah, yeah, awesome. That yeah. sounds really cool. Which yeah. is really cool. Um, I can I also like just sneak in another recommendation. Fine, sure. go for um, it. Um, Dave's Brewery Tours. <laughs> <laughs> now going to the Hunter Valley. I hear. Yeah. yeah. So we have got a new bus, Vin, who's a diesel. <laughs> um, just got wrapped, so he's all nice and sporting, going well. Um, so yeah, um, Northern Beaches still is cool, actually. The Northern Exposure. Um, so it's um, got two Four Pines. So it's got Manly and Brookie. Yep. Um, got Nomad, New Dad and Dave facility, which I haven't checked out yet. So I'm really cool. keen to go yeah. have a look at. Oh, I didn't know they had um, a place. Yeah, yeah, yeah they got cool. their place just around the corner from this behind Nomad in I think. Brookvale. Yeah, yeah. yeah. the, the Marrickville of the Northern Beaches. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It really is. Um, yeah, so that's really cool. Oh, I forgot to mention it in the beer news before. Do you guys know about Stockade's new barrel room in, in Marrickville? Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit, no. I had no idea about this. Yep. I did hear about Stockade's this, Stockade's opening a, uh, a barrel-only oh my God. Um, facility in Marrickville. That sounds great. So, yeah. old money from the barrel, then? Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, so big thanks to Dave's Burritos for sponsoring Sashable and uh, basically helping us... Uh, bring you this 
Ah, last bit of news is we're doing a, a live podcast for Cindy Beer Week. Yes. Um, the Monday of Cindy Beer Week. As, as, as yeah. usual. Back uh, at the Royal Albert. Yeah. Um, and as usual, uh, it'll be uh, worth your, your time and your money. Mm. We always have awesome guests, always have awesome beers. Um, yeah. Details, TBC. Yeah, um, tickets are 25 bucks, but it's going to be food yeah. and drinks. And, and yeah. we will donate a portion of that to charity again. Yep. Ah, oh, um, yeah. Why don't you put it out there? Does anyone have a good recommendation for a charity? Yeah. Because you... I think our default's always Pink Boots, and I've got no issue with that. But if anyone's got another recommendation of an awesome charity yeah. that we can donate. Uh, if you can think this... of something that, uh, you know, that, that uh, would, so, yeah, a good charity for us to donate, um, uh, donate to. Yep. Send us a message on Facebook or tweet us at Sessionable Pod. Cool. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Sweet. Catch you next time.